And Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome back to the Youth Ministry Motion Podcast, a podcast that keeps you motivated and your youth ministry moving forward. I'm your host, Paul Turner, and uh, I am glad that you could be joining me today. It's a great way to kick off the year. I hope that if you are brand spanking new, this will become part of your New Year's resolution to check out who I might be talking to and what I might be talking about on this podcast as it relates to youth ministry and your life. And um, today I am talking to my co-author, Ryan Latham, uh, the book we wrote uh, called Prepare for Impact, 12 Keys to Unlocking Your Youth Ministry and You. And uh, today is going to be a great conversation, uh, which is going to uh, hopefully motivate you to go out and get our book, uh, Prepare for Impact, uh, because it's all about the planning process, all about the secret sauce, all about the little things you might be forgetting in the process of executing on your dreams and goals. So join me today as we talk to Ryan as he brings his half of the conversation about the book to you. So join us now. We can't talk about the Prepared for Impact book without my co-host, and my co-host is Ryan Latham, and he's here with me today. And uh, hello, Ryan. Hello, guys. Thanks for uh, joining. Thanks for Paul having me on. Absolutely. Well, we, we, you know, we can't talk about the book unless we have really, well, we could talk about it with both of us not here, but it's still, I it's think not, this it's is not really be, fun. It's not really fun, Paul. It's, no, it's not as fun. And I think it's uh, <laughs> by far more dynamic if we can talk about these things uh, together, since, you know, the, the whole process and journey of writing this book was akin to the, the Israelites going across the wilderness for 40 years um, to try to get it done. Even longer for me, I must be the children that, uh, that you know, rebelled or something because it took me longer to get my books <laughs> before you got yours. We, we won't go into all that, though. But uh, I'm, I'm so glad you're here. Uh, it's this, this podcast uh, episode comes at just the right time as we are approaching uh, the beginning of the year. There's a lot of uh, folks listening who are... Maybe, maybe they're prepared. I hope they're prepared. I hope you're listening. Uh, I hope you're prepared. And if you're not, we're going to help you through that. Uh, but if you are uh, looking to even get more prepared and looking for better ways to be prepared, that is what this book is about. It is the 12 keys to unlock you and your youth ministry. And uh, we look forward to sharing that today. So we're going to uh, flip and flop here throughout the program. So, But I'm going to start off with you, Ryan. And, uh, first of all, before we get into that, tell, tell the audience, Ryan, a little bit about yourself. I mean, they know about me. They hear my, my big mouth all the time, but they don't get to hear uh, you and, uh, and wh- where you're at and what you have going on. Yeah, Paul, well, thanks again for having me on, man. Uh, so I am a Southern California native, and about six and a half years ago, moved out to Oklahoma and uh, we've been doing youth ministry since 1999, and uh, I know for some of you that sounds like forever ago, but for me it was about yeah. uh, a couple blinks of an eye later. But uh, <laughs> that been, been been the game for a little while. Uh, currently, I am the director of Victory School of Leadership, where we take uh, high school graduates and do ministry training and spiritual formation and give them a, a degree. And so been doing that for a couple of years and love youth ministry, hanging out with youth pastors and still, still in it locally, still involved in local church, still involved in local youth ministry. And but I also get the privilege of being in lots of different youth ministries around the nation, uh, supporting them and encouraging them 
and uh, doing some coaching, things like that. And so love youth ministry, love youth pastors, and that's why this book was just such a, a great uh, thing to write and get into the hands of so many youth pastors. Yeah, books like these are easy to write when you're thinking about your target audience, right? When you're thinking about the people that you're writing this for, uh, it's a book that I think both of us wish we had when we first started out. Uh, that would have been helpful, at least for me. I'll, I'll just speak for me, but uh, probably helpful for me. But in the first chapter, and we're going to uh, go there because that's one of the chapters you've written in the book. Uh, each of us uh, has written six chapters in the book. And uh, so I'll, I'll kick it off with you. And we talk about, um, you know, know the target, share the target. That's when chapter one is called Bullseye. So then how does that, um, how does that play out? What does it mean? And, and, and where should youth workers take this? And, and how can they, uh, they connect with that? Yeah, I mean, real simply, uh, man, it means knowing what you're looking for, right? Um, you know, so many times youth pastors have these great big ideas like, uh, Paul, I mean, how many times have you heard people say, I, if I just had more youth leaders, I need more youth leaders, right? Um, right. But then when I ask them, well, what, what does that look like? What does your youth leader that you're looking for look like? And if somebody signed up, what would they be doing? Uh, and, and so... So many times we have these ambiguous, out there requests, needs, and it feels so daunting. It feels so overwhelming that uh, it just we don't even know uh, exactly what it is. Um, you know, in the book we talk about Habakkuk and, and where he was at, right? You know, a prophet feeling very down, very discouraged, looking at the at the the landscape of the earth at the time, and just felt like, man, there's just so much corruption and so much evil and so many things just uh, not going his way. He's, he, he feels like he's crying out to the Lord, the Lord's not answering him. Uh, and, and I know that no youth leader listening to this has ever felt that way, I'm sure, Paul, but, no. uh, you know, I, I, but I have. Uh, I have, you know, and um, I can relate to him. And in Habakkuk 2, you know, he's, he's right, crying out, and it says this. It says, I will stand my watch and set myself on a rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will, what I will answer when I am corrected. Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run with it. And so in the book, we've just kind of taken that idea and say, man, we've got to, we've got to wait before the Lord and just say, God, what are you really asking us to do? What, you know, in, the, in this next year, God, where, where are you taking our youth ministry? And we've got to know that target, not just, um, man, to grow or to disciple students or to, but we've got to really know what that looks like. What, what is that specific, uh, name, that, that specific target of numbers or spiritual temperature or the small group strategy? What, what is that specific target, not just, these ambiguous out there, man, I just need more leaders. Well, how many? What do they look like? Uh, what will they be doing? Do you have a job description? Do you have those kinds of things? Um, and, and so knowing that target, uh, and then it, it says that once you've heard that from the Lord, that you share it with the people in such a way that they can write it down and that they can begin to run with it. And that's really what we talked about in this first chapter is that, that we've got as youth leaders, and that's why I think this, Paul, the timing of this is just so great, right? Uh, lots of us are going on vacation where we're going to spend two, uh, you know, maybe two weeks away and spend some of that time just praying and saying, God, what do you want to do in this next year? God, what do you want to do in our youth ministry? What do you want to do with me? 
uh, and God, what, where, what that what really look like? Uh, and then you can go out and begin to get it, you know? Um, when you know what that youth leader looks like, you can begin to look at your church and say, God, where is that? When you're in the, when you're rather your city, maybe they don't even go to your church, but you just see him in the mall and you say, man, that guy looks like the kind of youth leader I want. Let me talk to him and see, right? Um, you, you just know the target, right? And I talk about the movie The Patriot, where, where you know, the, the, the British are coming and, and Mel Gibson's epic scene, and you've got his son, and he says, you know, don't shoot yet. Wait until you can see the whites of their eye. Uh, it's because once that target is so close and you can see the whites of their eye, you can shoot and you're not going to miss, right? Because you you're so close. It's right there. Uh, as opposed to just shooting into this wild mass and just hoping that you hit something, but really getting up close, uh, you know, aim small, miss small, aim small, miss small. And so when you've got to aim that real small, small, small target, it's like playing darts, right? You know, uh, I, I tell a story in, my, in, in the book where my son, we were playing darts for the very first time, and he's just throwing darts aimlessly at the wall, and he turns to me and says, Dad, this is the most boring game ever. I said, son, there's a red dot in the middle that that's what you're trying to hit, and then all the other rings are worth point values. And he picks up the, dart, the next dart, throws the dart, and hits the bullseye, and turns around and says, bullseye, bullseye, right? And that's the, I, mean, I mean, just so many of us, I feel like we're, we're in youth ministry, and we're just kind of throwing darts, man. We're just kind of... We're kind of preaching, hoping that it lands somewhere. We're, we're you know, say, putting a note in the bulletin, the youth needs volunteers, which is like the worst way to find volunteers, right? Because normally right. the people that volunteer are people you don't want volunteering, right? Um, and, and, you know, we're just kind of throwing darts, and we're not really knowing what that bullseye looked like. And so, uh, man, in the first chapter of the book, we really kind of dive into that, to how to do that, why you want to do that. Uh, and so we just give some practical tips, but yeah, that's kind of the concept of really knowing that target and then sharing it in such a compelling way that people begin to run where, where you can, where you say, I, I need youth leaders. I know exactly what they look like. You talk to your youth leaders that you currently have, and then they go and find their friends that look like what you need. And also it's not just you looking, but it's other people looking as well. And so you've mobilized it. You've made it portable. You've made it so that your students know what the vision of youth ministry looks like. And they're, they're inviting their friends. And, and it's not just you trying to aimlessly throw darts, but it's got this target that not just you are throwing at, but now you've got other people throwing at it too because they can see it too. You can see it. They can see it. And they're making other people see it. And so it just, it just takes that target and makes it uh, shareable. Now, what I try to do is I'll throw a dart, and, uh, and then wherever it lands, I just draw my bullseye around it. Can I do it that way? You know, Paul, that, that is a great <laughs> idea as well. Uh, because sometimes, because <laughs> sometimes, listen, uh, you know, too, because we, we have the, the folks who listen to this, they're, they're from all different spectrums, right? They're all different things. They're all, they're all, they, you know, some of them are big churches and they can, they can have a lot of choices of volunteers maybe. Uh, and then you have smaller churches where the, 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 uh, as they say, the uh, pickings are pretty thin uh, for some. Uh, and I think too, but I think you're right on with that because especially if you're in a smaller church, you, you want to be a little bit more, um, you know, uh, picky with, you know, it's not even necessarily the exact person. It's not like, okay, well, I want a 25-year-old 
who knows how to play guitar, um, who can lead worship, uh, wears skinny jeans. Um, I have to wear skinny jeans, Paul. We can't take what? any volunteers that don't wear skinny jeans. That's right. And so, you know, and if you're in a church, though, that, that doesn't have that, I mean, you don't want to find, you know, Grandpa Jones and say, ask Grandpa Jones, Grandpa Jones, can you fit into some skinny jeans? Because that's not going to look great. Uh, but I think it's more of what you're saying, too. It's not just a, a specific kind of person. Maybe it's a specific kind of character, right? It's a specific yeah. kind of vibe, attitude. Uh, it, it, you can be, I mean, if you have those multiple choices in your church, but if you don't, really you want to boil it down to what kind of individual, right, do I want to have come in? What kind of character do they, you know, that, that they have? Whether they, I want them to be super relational. I, I need them for relational things. Or I need them to be, um, you know, I need them to be fun, right, that they can at least do a game. Or I need them to be a mentor, right? I need them to be a certain kind of thing. And so... In, uh, in, in yeah, Paul, I think, I, think, I think you're great. And the other thing, too, on that is maybe they're, maybe they're not uh, exactly what you're looking for right now, but when you have those characteristics, you can help mold them to become that as well. So maybe they're not where, they're at, where, where you want them to be right now, but at least you say, man, you know what, that person, I think I, I can get them to be where I want. For example, um, when we, had, we had check-in, right? And uh, we, right. all of our students were checking in. And this was way back in the day before planning center and all these really cool things. This is where our check-in was like a piece of paper and a, and, and a sticker that said my name is. You know, this is back in the day, Paul. And so, um, you know, I said, man, I just need a lady that can stand here all night long and just love on kids. Well, you know who doesn't want to do that? Your, your 22-year-old college student that wants to go out and have no. fun with everybody. So, so I went out. I found, you know, a 65-year-old lady that – she, the music was too loud, the preaching was too long, all that kind of stuff. But, Paul, you know what she loved to do? She loved to sit in a chair and talk to every single kid that came in and checked in and gave them a big grandma hug. And she uh-huh. was one of our best volunteers ever. But I didn't need her to be a rock star on the mic or a rock star playing games. Or I right. needed her to sit there and be a great, big, shiny face. Uh, and a big hug every time students walked in. And, and the kids looked forward to it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, exactly. And, right. And I think, too, I mean, there's, there in our mind, like you said, we have a bullseye, something we're shooting for. But, but uh, we shouldn't waste our time on waiting for the perfect, right? I mean, let's gap somebody who's as close to that bullseye as possible and see if we can't work them into a bullseye type of volunteer to, to the Absolutely. goals and, and dreams that we have for them and, and where would they fit in them. And if they're, you know, all those things, teachable and, and all those things to become the, the kind of leader they want to be. Let me move on, too, because the other thing we talk about in, in bullseyes, there's a lot of people focusing on, because of the new year, uh, they're playing a lot of events. I know I just booked my, um, uh, booked my rooms for uh, youth convention. That's got to happen, so I just booked them now. Uh, and so, but with all, I mean, is it possible then that the problem is that you have so many targets, right? You have so many things that you're shooting at. Uh, maybe you could help people out in as far as the planning of these events. What advice would you give to those who are, who have, you know, they're trying to get stuff on the calendar. They're trying to, and that's everything from they have a lot going on to maybe not much going on, right? They're planning maybe for, for some of these churches, they're, they're getting camp ready right now. They, or they're doing the, 
you know, the uh, disciple now. And then some of them are just saying, hey, I just want to take the kids bowling and, you know, once a month or, uh, you know, or do a homeless shelter or whatever, they, whatever they're planning. But I think maybe they need some help because there's, there's a lot of targets out there. What advice would you give them in planning, you know, some of these events that they got going on? Yeah, and events, right, is a big part of youth ministry, obviously. And I think one thing for me is really to ask yourself why. You know, why, why are we doing these events, right? Are we doing them uh, to build community? Are we doing it to build momentum to lead into our small group set season? Are we doing it because my pastor asked me to, uh, which is a valid reason sometimes, right? Uh, is sure, it, absolutely. It, it, you know, is it because this is what our denomination is doing, and so this is kind of what we do? What, but, but what are the reasons why we're doing Because exactly, Paul, I think there's so many times where I think some youth pastors are way overbooked with events that, you know, 60 years ago someone thought this was a good idea, but no yeah. one today thinks it's good. But, you know, the church has always right. done it, right? And, um, right? and then there's other guys that maybe you should do some events, right? You know, so, uh, but I think why are you doing these events? And uh, you know, for example, I was at church, and uh, I had one of those events that my pastor said, hey, you got to do this. And uh, for a while, I just kind of, man, it was hard for me. I was like, man, why am I doing this? I don't really, really want to do this. And then I eventually asked myself, why? Why does he want me to do this? Why do, how, does, how can I make this fit into our programming, uh, the bigger vision? And I found it. I said, man, okay, this is going to be where we – really take our students deep into the Bible, and we're just going to study the Bible. And that's the why behind this event that my pastor wants me to do. Uh, and so that's what we're going to do. And all of a sudden, we gave it some vision. We gave it some purpose. And, uh, you know, I, I think the other thing, too, is that we say in the book is students don't sign up. They get signed up. Uh, you know, how many times have youth pastors, you know, from the stage, hey, guys, uh, you know, we got to take, you know, 5,000 students to the camp and, you know, please sign up in the back. And it's like crickets, right? I mean, nobody signs up, you know, and, and students don't sign up, right? They don't, they don't, they're not going to get up and go sign up, right? They, they got to get signed up. And so I think creating momentum within small groups, creating minimum, momentum even within your, your group, you know, if you've got a group of 30 students, you know, what kind of momentum can you create that says, hey, uh, you know, this many students get signed up, we're going to have a party. Or, uh, you know, I, I tell a story in the book of Joseph Kellogg at the Oaks in Texas about how, you know, he, he was doing his own summer camps and just having a hard time, just like many of us, having a hard sure. time getting students signed up. And, and it was, you know, the typical, you know, a month before and, and you know, you've got 80 spots and you've got 15 students signed up and you're going, you're sweating it at night, you're waking up. And so he said, now, we've got to figure out a way to get around that. And so uh, he, he came up with this idea of, of uh, doing give your kids camp for Christmas. Uh, and so in December, he started doing these promos uh, saying, bring your kid to summer camp and you'll get this, this really cool Christmas sweater. And so seven months before camp, uh, he started doing registration for his summer camp. And everyone who registered, uh, in, in December, would get a, a cool Christmas sweater, and by the end of December, by Christmas, he had over half, over half of his camp filled up because 
of just a simple, hey, let's reward early signing up. And all yeah. of the small group, all of the small group leaders were getting on board. Uh, man, there would be times where for us, what we would do is we, we'd begin to do things where we'd have small group competitions, right? So, hey, every small group, uh, turn in your numbers right uh, today, a, a small group leader, uh, and then by uh, the end of next month, the, the, the small group that has the highest percentage of summer camp signed up wins a party or wins a you know camp shirt or something like that. So creating these things where you're you're getting people signed up, you're not just waiting for them to sign up is really big. And then two, I think knowing which hills to die on, right? Like you can't you can't every event. Um, you know, one of my friends was, was you know, had, had these kids take a, or an event signed up where he would take kids to go to an amusement park. And he's killing himself to get everybody signed up. And then he started realizing, man, if I'm having to kill myself to sign up kids to go have a fun day at an amusement park, it's just not worth it. You know what I mean? I, I need to put my energy into bigger things like sermon prep or bigger things like like summer camp or D now camps and some of these bigger events and not just every single little one. And so he just kind of began to say, man, you know, I'll put my energy, big time energy into those events. And if only five kids sign up for the amusement park, then I'm going to take five kids, you know? And so, um, you know, just knowing which hills to really fight is really important and knowing man, you've got to create some momentum to get kids signed up and just don't wait for them to sign up. Right. You got to have, right. You put your effort, you put your shoulder behind the things that are going to give you the most bang for your buck. What is going to, I mean, cause you can expel a lot of energy on a lot of little things that aren't going to get you anywhere. The, you know, you got to, you know, what is going to give us the greatest, uh, uh, you know, bang for our buck in community or what is going to give us the greatest, uh, uh, return on, on our investment? Uh, you know, uh, you know, is it bowling? Is it going to be camp? Uh, I'm going to say more than likely camp, but you know, it's not that you can't go bowling. It's just that we put a lot of little things on the calendar that, that suck up a lot of energy and money and things like that that, um, that steal away some of the momentum from some of the bigger things we want them to do. Um, you know, rather than just keeping them busy, uh, we focus on the things that we can focus on. Uh, let me ask this. One last thing is the, um, you know, we're once again in the new year, coming into the new year. Give me one or two things that you would suggest youth pastors really start working on right now to, to, to really help them have um, a far more impactful year maybe than they did this year. And this year may have been great, uh, but you might have a few things that would actually maybe up their game a little bit. Yeah, I mean, Paul, really the purpose of this book, right, was helping people – go from this feeling of, man, I feel like God wants me to do so many things. I feel like God wants me to, to have this great impact in this city, in these schools, in these students' lives, but just not really knowing how to actually do that. And so they just kind of wrestle with this feeling of, man, I feel like we should be having a bigger impact than we are, but just not really know how to do that. So um, obviously goal setting, things like that, which you're going to be talking about a little bit. Um, but I think the two things for me uh, would really be right now working on a master calendar. And we really dive into what that looks like in Chapter 3. And, you know, having a 12-month calendar that kind of lays out some of your big events, uh, you know, you, you don't really plan a missions trip for next month. You know, you don't wait until – 
uh, a month before and say, oh, shoot, man, we need to take kids on a missions trip. Like, it's too late, you know, and um, to, get, to get board approval and your pastor's approval, fundraising, you know. And so I think sometimes it's just really have that master calendar. And I know that sounds daunting to a lot of people, like, oh, man. But I, I think at this point, having some of those big, big things out there, you know, summer camp, winter camp, D-Now camp, um, small group launch, um, you know, a, a Valentine's party, some of those big things that you know are coming, missions trips, um, you know, Christmas parties, some of those big summer, some of those summer uh, seasonal things, you know, like sermon series, some of those kind of just not totally laid out, but just kind of, hey, here's some ideas, here's kind of where we're going, and getting that approved by your pastor, your board, whoever you need to get that approved by, and you kind of know where you're going. So I think that's really a big thing that I'd suggest is diving into a, a, a master calendar where it's 12 months, it's kind of visionary, it's kind of laid out. Six months, it's a lot more detailed. You know, you're really starting to work on some things, and really a month out, you're really starting to dive in pretty deep into things that are going on. So laying out that kind of a, a master calendar, I think, is really big. And then, uh, Paul, this is one thing that I really uh, have really dived into is, is what it takes paperwork. And we go into that in Chapter 5, what it takes. And these are just, just simple forms that really allow you to mobilize a lot of those moms that want to get involved, um, some of those, those leaders that want to get involved in a, in a higher level that – uh, you know, maybe just can't volunteer as much or something like that, but uh, writing out what does it take to put on an event? So you're not the only one doing a bowling night, right? I mean, how many times do you do a bowling night or a, a sleepover, things like that? And how many times do you do a summer camp every year? Well, when you write out what it takes, you know, here's the website to register. Here's where you re- uh, reserve transportation. Here's who to call for this. And, and uh, you know, three months out, you need to have these paperwork turned in. And, and you know, we're going to start doing social media pushes uh, two months out. We're you know, just kind of laying out all of those things. What that does, and I, I know that sounds daunting. I know it sounds just like overwhelming. If that is for you, man, find somebody, uh, you know, a stay-at-home mom, somebody like that, or, you know, a real detailed person that come in and help you even fill out one of these forms. You know, just take, take 30 minutes, have them come in, kind of interview you about, about the event. We've got samples in the book of what it, uh, what it takes a uh, form looks like. Uh, you know, just detail all that because then once you have that written out, and again, I know it sounds big right now, but once you have that, you can begin to just hand that to people. For example, we've got events now that people say, hey, can I help out? Yes. Here's the event. Here's, here's pretty much everything you need to know. And here's the budget because it's written inside there. Uh, you know, here's the budget. Here's the budget breakdown. And they are completely free to make decisions on their own without having to come back to me all the time. And I'm mobilizing a group of leaders uh, that want to get involved. Um, and so sometimes we just kind of, we, we make it all about us because we haven't done the, the hard work of empowering people and giving them the, the information that they need to be empowered. So I really encourage you guys to work on those two things, uh, really setting up a master plan, 
uh, like master calendar, uh, what, so, and then getting in there and really doing some detailed work on some what it takes. And obviously, Paul, uh, goal setting, right? Uh, and I know that that's a real big passion for yours. And so, Paul, what do you, what, what do you yeah. think, man, uh, as we go into this new year, uh, why, why do you think that most youth workers aren't achieving some of the big goals? Well, I think partially it goes back to your question and your answer you just gave there because what we do is we have goals that we have, but we don't plan and align our activities with our goals, right? We're saying, well, we're going to do this because we've always done it, even if it doesn't align with our goals, right? We put stuff on the calendar that does not if, – if, if we're trying to – uh, you know, say, well, if we're wondering why we're not reaching more kids for Christ, and then we have a bunch of stuff on the calendar that is discipleship-driven, uh, you know, or, or, you know, in whatever fashion we, whatever program we have going on, but it's not fitting our evangelism goals, you know, it's, it's not going to work out quite the way you plan. because in Chapter 4, I, I kind of, you know, break that down into what I call quad planning, because if you're, if you're wanting to do it, you know, and I think it's okay, too. You're talking about doing a year plan, which I agree with, by the way, because there's some dates you're just not going to, you're, you're going to have to, you know, maybe do battle with, with other ministries or, or you know, you want to be ahead of the game. Uh, like for me, I already got my Christmas party down. I already got youth convention down. I already got uh, our missions trip down. We, I mean, we were, in, we're in fundraising mode in December, Ryan. It's driving me crazy. Uh, <laughs> it just drives me crazy. But... All that stuff is necessary because one of my goals was to have uh, a new student join us on our missions trip. Well, I've already got that going, and so now my, I'm checking in with him to make sure uh, that, you know, he's got his money and all that kind of stuff. And so that was one of my goals. So now I'm, now I'm trying to make that happen to make sure he's got the money and the finances, and I'm working on, you know, uh, you know fundraisers to help him be able to do that and that kind of stuff. But many youth workers don't complete their goals and do the things that they want to do because they're, they're not programming around the very thing that they want to get done. If you want, you know, I've heard it say that you get what you preach. You know, if you're doing, if you say bring your friends and you're doing uh, four weeks on Leviticus and, um, you know, and, and you're wanting your friends, your, your kids to bring people to that, not that Leviticus is a bad book, by the way. I just want to point that out. It's all good in the hood with the book, okay? Everything is in there is good. I'm just saying that if, that if you want to do that, maybe you want to do a series on friendship. Maybe you want to do a series on dating. Maybe you want to do a series on, on something that uh, give your kids a hook, you know, to invite their friends in on. And, uh, and then you'll see that. But then, in the, like I said, in, the, in Chapter 4, where I kind of show the quad planning, you know, look at last year, right? Did you meet your goals this past year? And then break down your events into uh, the quad, into the four things. You know, how many of my events were community-driven? How many were discipleship-driven? How many were worship-driven? Uh, how many was evangelism-driven? And then I think if you'll do that, you'll wind up noticing some patterns that either I didn't program uh, in align with my goals, or maybe I just hit, maybe I just had the wrong goal. Maybe I just uh, had settled on something that I, that wasn't uh, feasible or, or was um, two way out there or whatever it may be. But I think the the key is drilling down deep into your goals and then having that um, being able to map out those goals to the absolute fullest. Yeah, and I think to add on that a little bit is what that does, that also helps you come in alignment with your pastor's vision uh, and, and even get your pastor's approval on things. Like, you know, hey, pastor, this year 
uh, here's one of our goals. We want to be more intentional about discipleship. And so here's what we're doing. And so, um, you know, I think that that's really important is to not just, uh, you know, that's what it helps you do is to be, get approval for some of the things. So when your pastor, you know, is like, man, why, why are you doing all these discipleship events? Well, if you haven't talked to him about why, it, that might cause some tension. But when you can get ahead <laughs> of the game like right now, yeah, right? <laughs> Uh, and so if your pastor is like, man, this year we want to grow by 30%, and you're like, man, we really want to do discipleship this year. Well, now there's a conflict of vision in the church. Um, and so I think really having that. So, man, you know, with that, we talk about, but Paul, what's, what's some of the process for you to help these guys clarifying goals? And what, what's some things that you're doing? Uh, what some things that you suggest? Well, uh, in, once again, in, in the book, I talk about clarifying your goals, right? And I think the, the number one thing that we have to do to, to do this, and I, and I heard this, uh, Jeff Goins, uh, author Jeff Goins says this, he says, action brings clarity. And I think what has to happen is I think we get, we get analysis paralysis, we study something for too long. We, we, you know, I'd still be sitting here thinking about a, uh, a fundraiser idea if, if I, sometimes you just have to pull the trigger on something and say, this is what we're going to do. And when you start to move forward, that thing will start to clear up, right? But you, the first thing I think you have to do is you have to take action on the idea you have. So I just sent, like, for our fundraiser for um, a Valentine's dinner we're having at the church for, we, we've done it differently in, in the past uh, with different things, but this year we're going to do some, we're going to do like a, like a murder mystery night, right? And so for that, uh, you know, I can debate that all day, or I can go ahead, and I went ahead and downloaded the PDF, uh, bought that, and sent it out to the three, four, five parents that need to see that, and then let them let them begin to clarify it. Because otherwise, if I don't do that, I'm just going to be sitting in the dark. I'm just going to be wondering, well, am, is this going to work? Is that going to work? So what I did is I just downloaded the PDF and then wrote a little email to them and saying, here's how I see this playing out. Please feel free to add your ideas into this. Um, and, and in doing that, I'm going to get far more feedback than if I just kept it to myself, sat in my little lab, and said, this is how it's going to go. I, sometimes you just have to take the action to do it. The other thing is this, uh, is to be able to, and in Chapter 2 we talk about, I have about 13 questions in there that you can take two or three of your goals and run them through these quotes that I have in there and begin to actually break down uh, some of the things that you're going to find. You know, things like, uh, you know, uh, there's a quote here by uh, Richard Milne that says, the virtue lies in the struggle, not in the prize. And the questions that I offer you is this, you know, what are three struggles you'll face in achieving this one goal? Sometimes we have to be able to look ahead and say, okay, where's going to be my, where's, is it going to be, you know, is, is it going to be uh, a parent? Is it going to be, uh, you know, the, the calendar? Is it going to be uh, my pastor? Whatever it may be, you know, I don't, I don't think we think through a lot of things. Like you said, we don't think like our pastor. Like, I, listen, I'm waiting on my pastor. If he's, uh, I'm waiting on him right now to say go on whatever the year's theme is. The minute he says that, I know that one of some of my first kickoff things or messages are going to revolve around that because – uh, and I'll put it in a way for the young people to understand. Well, if it's something you know that's you know uh, that that's you know that has verbiage in it that would make sense to adults, but maybe not necessarily to kids, uh, I will then try to take that 
and, and act as the translator, which is what I call myself in the church. I translate. I tra- translate teenager to adult and adult to teenager. And, uh, and then I just say, okay, here's what the theme's going to be. Here's how it's going to roll as a church, and here's how we're going to make it happen together. But before we do anything, we have to be able to uh, take those goals and we have to be able to run them through the sifter, and we have to be able to narrow it down, look at all the, the angles of it, and the, you know, the more you dig down deep into it, the, uh, the, better, the more clarity you're going to have because you're, going to take, you're taking action by asking all the questions. You're going to take action on putting it out and building a team around that goal. Uh, and the more action you take, the clearer that goal is going to be able to come uh, of actually what you want to get out of it. Yeah, you're talking a lot about questions. I think that this is a really good season to be asking questions. In the book, Paul, you write this. There, there is a direct correlation between the depth of our questions and the height of our growth. Uh, you know, yeah. and I think that just asking those, those questions that, that we write in the book, right, there's some really good questions that get you thinking and, and get you this kind of deeper level thinking because if you want to grow high, and again, that's why we talked about this book, it's not just about your youth ministry. It's about you as well. Because the more you grow, the more your youth ministry is going to grow. And so I think it's really important for us to be getting into those, those questions and really diving in. And, and I love what you said, too, is, is getting some of your, your leaders asking those questions and asking you those questions as well. And so, you know, Paul, you know, as we, we're kind of wrapping up, and what is one thing that, that you think a youth leader could do right now, today, to begin to help them achieve some of those big goals that they have? Well, of course, the, the first thing I'd say is you need to go buy the book, right? The first, the first thing is you need to go buy Prepared for Impact by Ryan Latham and Paul Turner. Uh, you can buy it on Amazon.com. You can just search for it there. Uh, you can buy it from my website over at thedisciplesproject.net. All those links will be in the show notes. So, of course, that would be my first little bit of advice. But I think it goes back to now we're in this season, right? We're, we're in this pre, right before Christmas but really using that time between Christmas and New Year's, you have that week, and some people may be on vacation, and uh, some things may be, you know, uh, you know, you maybe have some time off, or whatever it may be. But really dig down deeper into where you want to go. I think, I mean, uh, you know, uh, they say that, you know, that the, the, the examined life, you know, that, that, you know, if we're not going to examine our lives, I think we have to start with us. We have to dig down deeper than us. Uh, and they say the examined life is not worth living. I think you have to examine where you're at in your walk with the Lord uh, and say, Lord, where am I with you? Because you can plan all these things, right? Uh, but ultimately, the Bible says, you know, that, that we make plans, but the Lord guides our steps. And, uh, and we always want to be in step with the Spirit. We always want to be in step with with what the Lord has for us. I don't know how many times I've, I've had to change routes because I made a plan and it was okay and it was fine. But then I had to say, well, it's not really sensing where the spirit's taking me. I'm going to have to switch this. I'm going to have to change this. And so I think if we get in tune first and say, Lord, what would you have me to do? What do you think about these events? What do you think about where these kids are going? Uh, I think you begin to examine that and ask yourself some deeper questions, some devotional time, some prayer time. And then I think you're going to find out that, um, uh, that the plans you're making will be far more in sync uh, with what the Lord has for you, and uh, and you'll find much success in that. Yeah, so true, so true. And uh, uh, you know, and Paul talks about uh, you know, this, this 
imagery of shadow boxing. He talks about, you know, I'm not just beat the air as if, I, I, you know, really focusing on what he was going for and, and knowing the target. And so, now, guys, I just want to encourage you guys to uh, get the book, obviously, and just, man, I just really pray that the Lord speaks to you clearly um, and really gives you guys new vision. And for, for the, the, the bivocational people, you know, youth pastors out there and the, the part-time youth pastors, and, uh, man, you guys are the real heroes. Um, you guys are working full-time jobs and then volunteering your time. And so I just want to say thank you to you guys. Um, and, and really, I know that for us, a big part of the reason why we wanted to write this book is because of you, uh, to help you, give you those tools to maximize those few hours that you do have. And so I just pray that the Lord multiplies uh, your time, your energy, your efforts, uh, and that the Lord would give you guys new, new uh, passion for this next year, uh, for your students, for these events. And I just I was really grateful this time, Paul. And so I just really, really believe in for great, a great big impact this coming up next year. Uh, fantastic, Ryan. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Appreciate you, brother, and uh, your your time and effort in writing the book uh, with me, and uh, and uh, you know, and just pouring out your heart to youth workers and you, you that are listening here. We want to encourage you. We hope that uh, this this little talk, this little chat we had today, inspires you. We're not wanting to lay any more burdens on you than maybe you already have. Uh, we want to help release some of that from you. And if we can, uh, we hope we've done some of that today. We hope that we've given you some ideas to dig a little deeper, to to uh, work on some soul stuff, and then work on the planning stuff. And so if this is of any interest to you, we once again encourage you to go buy uh, the book, Prepared for Impact, 12 Keys to Unlock You and Your Youth Ministry. Uh, and once again, if you find this, uh, this podcast of value, uh, go buy uh, iTunes and leave some stars, leave a comment, leave a little review there, and I will be doing a drawing for one of these books. We would love to give you one, so go by there and do that. And, uh, and that is our time today, Ryan. Thank you so much for joining me again, and uh, we'll catch the rest of you guys on the next podcast. We'll talk to you later.